coming at you live Wednesday, June 21st, and I am driving to a gig uh, up in uh, North Phoenix, and I'm going to try to keep my voice nice and mellow because I am combating a sore throat, which is terribly unfortunate in terms of timing because I have tonight's gig, and then I have a gig tomorrow night, which I'm super excited about, called, uh, at a place called The Listening Room Phoenix. And it's this, like, intimate venue where people are actually going to be listening, and, um, I'm, uh, I'm trying to treat my voice with respect, and, uh, kind of coddle it a little bit, so that I can get through tonight's gig, and, um, still sing a little bit tomorrow, and then if need be, I can crash and sleep all day Friday and um, recover, but uh, I'm a little bit little bit anxious about it. This is the gig, uh, if you've been following the podcast at all, this is the gig where the woman asked me to um, bring my most lively, most energetic set possible next time. Well, this is that next time. And I'm fighting this cold and this sore throat. So I spent a couple minutes before the show putting out a set list, or uh, you know, put, putting one together for myself, in hopes that I can kind of be strategic and not sing the songs that are super duper straining on my voice, and just kind of sing. You know, I still want to sing with uh, with some passion and. Um, I'm just, I'm anxious about my voice just giving out in the middle of the gig. Like, that'd be embarrassing, you know? It's like if you're playing on a tweaked knee, you're playing some basketball or some some baseball uh, and, and your shoulder flares up, you know? It's like, okay, well, that's a sport. It's like, okay, if you can't go, you can't go. With this, I'm like, well, I can, I can still talk and I can still keep a tune. Um... I can obviously play guitar and loop my guitar and play some guitar solos and stuff to, to you know, give my voice a rest. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. I thought it was interesting podcast material, so I did want to hop on and just do a quick little intro to this podcast on the way to the gig to let you know where my head's at right now. Um, and I would be very, very surprised if I checked in after the gig, um, like I did last time when I, uh, when I, you know, had the podcast that started before the gig and wrapped up after, I think after tonight's gig, I'm going to want to be pounding water and resting my voice. So, um, that's it for now. I did get a newsletter out today, one of my, you know, email list. Um, things. I sent one out today. If you if you did not receive it, please go uh, and you're interested in receiving these like every couple weeks or every couple months, I'll send out an update or if I'm promoting anything special or uh, put out any new content, I like to send out an email blast as it's the most reliable way to directly reach uh, friends, family, and fans. So uh, if you didn't get the one that I sent today, uh, I'd encourage and request that you go to my website, garrettandersonmusic.com, and uh, find the little email sign-up. It's in the upper right-hand corner. And that's really the only uh, consistent way of being able to reach, um, reach everybody. 
because people are hit or miss on Facebook and Twitter, and uh, so yeah, that's it for now. Wish me luck that I get through the gig um, and that I uh, that I please the owner with my choice of set uh, songs to play today. I'm gonna take a couple more breaks than usual. I'm gonna keep them between like eight, nine maybe 12 songs per set and then take a break let my voice kind of chill out and uh, it's a three hour gig and I've got all day to rest up tomorrow before singing again around like 7.30 tomorrow at the listening room so cross my fingers I've been taking vitamin C I've been hydrating um, I'm uh, gonna chomp on some lozenges I've got the uh sore throat spray if push comes to shove but uh, this is an awkward position and I hope that this kind of earns me some karma in the paying dues column of the musical adventure uh, I didn't want to cancel on the gig last minute and I, I it's just really not in my bones to half ass it so I'm going to be mentally, deliberately trying to keep mellow, like, in my mind and in my body. Like, I might even sit down for this gig, which is rare for me. Um, rare as in I probably haven't sat down at a gig in the last, like, hundred shows. It's very, very rare that I sit down at gigs. But I've, I've done it once or twice, so I don't want to say I've never done it. Because I'm trying to be truthful here. Um... Yeah, so I wish I could be more exciting and um, more silly on this podcast, but this is it for now. I'll probably try to finish it up at home. Um, but yeah, this is either stubbornness or dedication. I don't know, you make the call. But uh, I hope that there's somebody there that seeing live music tonight means a lot to them that it's, it's all worthwhile in some way, shape, or form. I uh, think I'm going to have a good time. I always have a good time when I'm playing, as long as I don't get too upset about whatever happens with my throat. Um, best case scenario is I get through the show tonight, chug some water before going to bed, get a good night's sleep, wake up tomorrow, and I'm okay, good to go for the gig tomorrow. Worst case scenario, uh, well, I mean, worst case scenario would be I start, I don't know, bleeding from the back of my throat while I'm singing and I spit blood all over the microphone and, you know, pass out from loss of blood and hit my head on the speaker on the way down and die doing what I love. That, that, that'd be kind of extreme. Um, I think the more realistic worst case scenario is that somewhere halfway through the show, I, I just can't hit notes anymore, and my instrument fails me, so we'll try to avoid that, <laughs> and then, uh, and then if I couldn't, if I couldn't get my voice back for tomorrow, I mean, I've had those sort of killer sore throats where, you know, you, you try to sing, or you try to speak, and your voice is just fucked up, um, I almost didn't sing at my friend's wedding because of that, um, last fall, I had a really bad cold, really bad sore throat traveling, 
we got to Baltimore, I was supposed to sing in a wedding in like two days, and luckily a doctor was able to give me a Z-Pack and an inhaler. Oh shit, I could have brought that inhaler with me. I wonder if that would have helped. <laughs> at this point, I'm like, just throw everything in the kitchen sink at it. And uh, on that note, I should probably stop talking and rest my voice. So, all right, uh, send me a good vibe. Although, by the time you hear this, it'll be a couple days from now, probably. So, <laughs> hopefully I have a good update at the end of this. And this is just kind of funny drama tension setting up the podcast. And uh, I'll let you know how it goes. All right. Peace. good news. I made it through the gig okay, and I figure uh, if my voice isn't dead by now, it's okay to chat for a couple minutes, and um, uh, I just wanted to share the good news that uh, I got through the gig okay. Three hours, just a little short of three hours. I started a couple minutes late, which is uncharacteristic, but it's hot as balls here in Phoenix right now, um, and uh, wrapped up at... Uh, 940, uh, 9.55 instead of 10, um, but, uh, but yeah, it went okay, I kind of found this gentle voice that wasn't straining, and, uh, it's funny, for some of the higher notes that I would have generally gone into more of, like, a rock and roll voice, I was using more of, like, an opera voice, (laughs) which, which was weird, uh, sounding to myself, but I had a great time tonight. I, I think the heat, uh, heat kind of contributed to some of my panic earlier. It's just, it's so inhospitable when it's 100, you know, almost 120 degrees today here in Phoenix in the Valley of the Sun, aptly named. Um, the other thing that was kind of cool was, uh, so, the, so the heat was kind of, it kind of contributed to my panic earlier, but... It also kind of opened up my mind and limbered up my mind in terms of what to do with songs. And I knew I wanted to play long guitar solos and let the looper do some of the work tonight, too, to, to rest my voice. So I got some really neat loops going on that I hadn't really done before. And was doing a little vocal percussion into the looper and just gaining, being adventurous and gaining some confidence with it, which was cool. Um... So, uh, and then the other, the other cool thing was, you know, getting over this cold, I didn't want to be drinking tonight while I was playing, so I was stone cold sober, um, which was good, you know, kind of kept me on my game, although I swear, between the heat and the cold, I kind of felt fucked up sometimes, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I was jamming out and dancing and having a good time, it was a small crowd, but supportive, and I kept it pretty lively, all things considered. Um, I didn't let it drag. And I think that was, I, you know, kind of, the manager gave me a smile tonight. You know, she's, she didn't say anything critical. We didn't really address the, uh, the challenge to play upbeat this time. Although it crosses my mind that she might have been drunk last time we talked. And she might have forgotten. But I think the point she was trying to make was that I don't let the set drag too much. Don't let, you know, kind of fundamental stuff that I know I know, 
but sometimes if a, if a night is pretty dead, I kind of let it influence me rather than try to, you know, be the energy uh, through it all. And uh, so trying to have a moment of self-reflection and figure out what the lesson in all of that was. And I think it was that, um, uh, you know, like I said, I've, I've got to be the energy to to push through and, and, and bring some smiles to the room, even if it's kind of a dead night. So, um, I'm, uh, crossing my fingers that In-N-Out Burger is open on my drive home, because I would love a Neapolitan milkshake to, to soothe my throat, and, uh, and might as well get a cheeseburger while I'm at it. Um not animal style. I know that that's a thing you can do, but I kind of like their cheeseburger just as is. Actually, now that I said it out loud, I might want to rock some animal style. That stuff is pretty good. The special sauce with like the pickles and like Thousand Island. It's pretty good. All right. So now the next hurdle is, you know, getting home safe and, um, resting up the vocals getting a good night's sleep, so hopefully I can kick this cold and kick the sore throat, but as long as it's not worse than it was today, I'm pretty confident I can get through a half-hour set tomorrow, um, but, you know, it's it's never nice to not feel your best, not feel like you're bringing your A-game, um, not have all the arrows in your quiver, so I'm hoping I feel better tomorrow. Even if I don't, because it's a short set, I think I can just go for it anyway and kind of leave it all out on the field to bring back the sports metaphor that I didn't quite finish earlier in the podcast. So, uh, all right, I'm going to, I'm turning, this kind of my old neck of the woods. I used to live up here before we moved to uh, the Scottsdale area. And um, I can't remember if the in and out is open until 11 or 10, so I'm either going to I'm either going to just sneak in. Oh, yeah, it's definitely still open. There are people in the drive-thru. Hells, yeah. All right. Little double-double animal style and a Neapolitan shake as a reward for making it through the gig. And I'll pay with tips that I earned tonight. Yeah. All right. This is going to be okay. All right. Well, I'll let you go and talk to you later. Adios. Okay, so checking in for the third installment of this podcast. Um, I checked in before my Wild Vine gigs on Wednesday night, and uh, I was uh, worried about my sore throat and getting through the gig. And then uh, Thursday night, I had a uh, listening room gig, and now it is Sunday morning. Took a couple days to recoup. And I wanted to try to finish off this podcast. Uh, I'll start by uh, apologizing for the crummy audio um, when I was just recording into my phone on the drive. Um, But, uh, you know, that that low rumble 
that you hear in the background, that's the sound of the road, man. That's the sound of the road. <laughs> um, no, but uh, I, I, I do like doing the spontaneous uh, check-in podcasts just to, in, into my voice memos, into my phone, but the, the audio quality isn't great. So um, I don't know. There's kind of a trade-off there between spontaneity and uh, audio quality. But uh, but here we'll just wrap it up with a quick uh, you know a quick uh, conclusion to this three-parter. I hope that's kind of an interesting way to do it. And uh, if you know me, if you listen to the podcast, I'm always trying different things with this uh, format and uh, and hoping that it uh, that the spaghetti sticks to the wall. I made some spaghetti last night. I had an urge to uh, cook for the family. We and we had some ground beef uh, and. Uh, I wanted to make a pasta sauce, so we, uh, I, I do I do use the canned sauce to kind of get things going, but I, I threw in a little chopped carrot and sautéed that up with some onion and garlic to give it a nice flavorful base, made the house smell delicious, browned up the beef, threw it in the pasta, even did that trick where you use some of the pasta water that's gotten kind of starchy and add that to the sauce and then add the noodles to that so it all kind of cooks and blends nice nicely together. Um, I, I don't remember where I saw that trick, maybe Alton Brown with good eats. That guy, uh, has, he's, he's a super, uh, nerdy scientific approach to cooking, but, uh, very helpful tidbits. And I don't remember the science behind the noodles and the, and the, the noodle water in the sauce thing, but I, uh, tried it and it was pretty delicious. So I had a glass of wine and a whiskey last night, you know, being a Saturday night and all, um, and uh, delicious spaghetti dinner. Looked down at myself after I ate. Because, I mean, I, I, I had to go back for seconds last night. I looked down at myself after I ate. And I was like, I look like I'm going to have a baby. I, I had a, this round belly where my stomach was just like... My stomach was as full as it could possibly be. And I looked like I was carrying child. Um, But I'm a man. So I don't get that privilege. I don't get to do that. <laughs> Um, is that a condition? Are there some men out there that are really upset that they can't have children and it like force makes them depressed? There's gotta be some subset of the male population that's really frustrated about that. And I'm not talking about, you know, guys that feel like they're women inside and, and do the, the transition thing. I'm just talking about men that feel like they got gypped because they don't get to have babies. Huh? I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> it doesn't really matter right now for my life. Um, a couple quick updates. We are moving um, from one rental house to another and uh, excited to turn the page and try a new chapter. But, uh, of course, getting busy with all the the stuff that goes along with getting ready for the move. And I love purging and shedding our skin as if we are a slithering snake. Um, you know, it's time to outgrow your skin and, um, well in this, in this case, we're, we're going to a slightly smaller space, which I think will be healthy for us. A little easier to clean, a little, you know, tighter family vibe. Um, I'm concerned about where I'm going to, how I'm going to figure out time for music stuff. But I think what my wife and I have come to, uh, mutual understanding is that I'll probably store my musical, musical gear and then have some designated times during the week where I pull it out and it's like, you know, scheduled rehearsal time or scheduled podcast time or scheduled 
recording time. Uh, I've been doing a lot more of that lately too. I'm trying to switch over from um, Ableton uh, to Logic X Pro at the request of my collaborator, um, publisher, producer buddy, John. And there's a bit of a learning curve, but I'm, I'm getting to the point now where I can kind of click around and get my inputs going and record some stuff into Logic X Pro. Um, so, you know, just kind of keeping at it, chipping away. Um, my, uh, J this guy, John, uh, the publisher producer buddy, he and I have a couple ideas in the works and basically my job is to lay down vocals and guitar on them and, and try to help make sure the songs are in a, a very accessible structure. Um, he's doing some of the arrangement and, and production, um, in terms of that stuff, but then looking to me, um, for lyrics, melodies, and guitar work. So it's pretty cool. And I'm, I'm really enjoying the challenge. Um, the uh, Listening Room Phoenix gig on Thursday was such a treat. My voice wasn't 100%. I think you can hear it right now. My voice is still recovering. Um, I'm, I'm still getting over my cold a little bit. Um, and my sore throat was just so raw. And the heat out here in Arizona, it's like, you know, it was almost 120 the other day. And it's like you know, nine o'clock in the morning right now. And it's already like a hundred degrees outside. So there's really no respite from this dry, hot weather. And my throat is just killing me. Yeah. I just looked at my phone. It's one Oh one already. I snuck in a jog with the dog this morning, right before it hit a hundred degrees. And, uh, um, yeah, so I don't know. I just got to try to keep staying hydrated. I'm sure the wine and the whiskey didn't help last night, but I'm going to chug some water today and just try to keep it moving, rest my voice a little bit, not sing so much. But uh, while even though I'm not singing, I'm still trying to work on lyrics and, and figure out some arrangements for some of these half-baked ide uh, ideas that John and I have. So, And then the idea is we can turn one of those ideas into a, a really nice-sounding, radio-ready, in quotes, um, track you know just meaning that it's really professionally done and, and it sounds like it's complete and ready for use in film and television and then john is supposed to run with it and pitch it to music supervisors and try to get it in film and television commercial i don't know overseas maybe i could maybe I, we could use one of my songs for like an overseas serial commercial or something like i i don't care like just there's a whole market of music usage out there that should be um you know, available to us in some degree. I don't know how wide open those doors are. I've heard it described that music supervisors, who are the people that make these choices about what songs get used where, um, everybody wants to know the music supervisors and they don't want to have to know anybody. They want, you know, they don't want to have to field thousands of unsolicited emails and calls and, and you know, get sent demos and their mailbox is overflowing with CDs and usb drives and shit so i uh there's a, it's a kind of a funny dynamic where there's some gatekeepers to the industry and you got to kind of mind your p's and q's to make sure that you don't alienate yourself from them by doing something that's disrespectful in in uh the industry like sending unsolicited stuff or doing it in the wrong way um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I just gotta, gotta focus on my part and try to make sure that I deliver something that that's going to be quality for, for us to use. 
which is a totally different mindset than songwriting for myself and just songwriting from a place of creation and pure communication and, and getting things off my chest. And so I'm kind of wrestling with some of that. Um, does it, does it feel a little contrived and a little soulless? Yeah, maybe. But does it also rely on a skill set that I've developed over the years and sort of an intuition for songmanship that I think is a value add that I bring to the table? Yeah, also. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm not trying to be too judgy about it. And, um, you know, um, I actually read an article recently, a a music buddy of mine named Anders, who booked me for a festival in in D.C. and and got me a couple gigs in D.C. before I moved to Arizona. Um, What's Anders' last name? I'm drawing a blank on it right now. But uh, he's um, he's on Facebook, and he's pretty active in terms of promoting the creative community. And I respect the hell out of it, and I appreciate the hell out of it. And he sent me a Facebook message. We've been keeping in touch. In fact, I want to have him on the podcast sometime. Um, we've been keeping in touch. And he sent me this article that a, a, a musical friend of his from way back in the day has shifted into intellectual property and was writing songs about uh, copyright law and the kind of disconnect between why s- musicians create versus being monetized and being compensated. And... There's sort of schools of thought that there's <clears throat> a winner-take-all sort of system where less than point, you know, or less than one percent of musicians ever really make it mainstream. Um, so why are the other ninety-nine percent of musicians continuing to create content at a increasing rate? You know, we're seeing more songs flooding into the marketplace than we've ever seen before in the history of man because of you know technology enabling a person like myself to just sit in his his uh his house and record some stuff um and put it out there and for me i was never thinking about what are the industry dynamics here um i was thinking i have songs in my heart that i need to get out on uh, you know out into the world and you know there's it's kind of cool that there's a lot of creative folks out there that are doing the same thing but at the same time we're saturating a market and there's very few winners quote in uh in the industry for the for the available um markets and for the existing paradigms you know i think there is also while this is all happening sort of a groundswell of people that are finding new creative innovative ways to do it building digital fan bases um you know and and i'm kind of trying to to play a little bit in all of the worlds and and see how i can progress um, so real quick, if, I mean, if you, if you dig what you hear, or there's a, p- a particular song that you like, or that you think somebody that you know might like, you know, please, by all means, um, pass my name along and let people know kind of what I'm all about. Um, if, uh, if you could help make this a reality, you know, that's kind of what I'm counting on. And in the time being similar to this song publishing and 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 collaboration with this producer publisher guy you know i kind of have to keep my head down and focus on my thing and every once in a while i'll make an appeal like that but you know that that should sort of be intuitive to you as well you know as a fan of of bands myself you know there's a couple certain artists that i'm like yeah i'm gonna buy their cd 
because it's important to me to vote with my dollars on that one. Or, you know, I'm going to share their link or share their video or be active with them on Facebook. Um, you know, those sorts of things. Just give shout outs and try to help be part of that viral social media dynamic that can really help independents like myself thrive and succeed. Um, so it was a long way to go to be like, please help me. <laughs> help. Um, I don't want to have to go to my day job anymore. Help me do this full time. No, that sounds pathetic. Oh, my God. Oh, I just made myself sick at myself. That's gross. So anyway, instead of talking about that, let's uh, switch back over to, to uh, the quick recap from the Listening Room Phoenix on Thursday, which was a phenomenal time. Um, I wish I had my full voice, and I hope to go back there again. Um, it's a small room, good audio, good lights, good video. They made a great recording, a video audio recording, which I linked to from my Facebook page, Garrett Anderson Music on Facebook, um, which is also available from www.garrettandersonmusic.com.com.com.com. Um, I get so tired of saying my website that I had to figure out a creative way to do it just there. Um, so attentive, you know, I, I got a couple people through the door, which was great because it was a small crowd. It was a, what they call their showcase showdown. So there was four of us. And uh, kind of an older singer-songwriter gentleman started. Um, he was soft-spoken, a little bit, a little bit quiet and, and tentative. Seemed a little bit introverted, but you know, you could tell he had very clever songs. Um, I don't know if he ever really got comfortable in his own skin in terms of being on stage. And my wife was saying that um, that she could kind of feel that tension in the air, and it, it made it a little bit difficult to enjoy the show. Um, the guy, and then I went second. And had a great time. I was really, I was, you know, was kind of nervous, you know. I've spent all these years mentally preparing to go into bars and pubs and wine bars where you're, you're the, you're the ambiance creator. You're not the main focus of attention, necessarily. You know, you might be for some friends or family that come over, but you know, for the rest of the bar, you're just another guy. And so you kind of do these mental acrobatics, getting used to the idea of being ignored, <laughs> and you get comfortable with that. At least that's my experience. And then, uh, and then to, to kind of turn it completely on its head and have a really well-produced night of music where there's a stage and a spotlight and video and audio recording and a sound man and, you know, people just sitting there quietly looking up at you waiting for the show to start. And I was like, oh, man, like this is a different dynamic altogether, but one that I was very, very glad to be a part of. And I, I hope I rose to the occasion. Um, I did rewatch my performance to, to kind of take some notes and, to, and to, you know, figure out what the takeaways were and also to enjoy it. And I think I did a pretty good job considering that my voice wasn't quite all there. Um, I had a little snafu. Um, towards the beginning of the set where I left a delay pedal on in my effects chain by accident and it was screwing me up because I think there's there's a lesson here so bear with me here because there was a new sound guy and it was a new environment and uh, kind of like a new sandbox um, for me to be playing in I was Instead of looking at what I was in control of and noticing that my delay pedal was on, 
because there's a little red indicator light. And I could hear it. I was, I was strumming. I was like, dung, dung, go, cack, cack, cack. And instead of going just dung, 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 cack, it was going like dung, 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 cack, 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 cack. You know, like it had the delay sound. And instead of looking down and realizing that I was controlling that and I had accidentally left my delay pedal on, I, in my head, I was like, oh, no, does this sound guy think that he's like making the room sound better by giving me this delay? Like sometimes sound guys will will put a bunch of reverb or put a bunch of delay on, you know, during your set and it, it can change how it sounds in your ears. And I was in my head, I was blaming the sound guy. and I was like, man, I wish he would turn this effect off. Um, and then I looked down and kind of in between singing some verses, I looked down and I was like, oh my God. So I stomped on it. And, uh, the other thing that was wacky, this is, gets a little technical and nerdy is that the, um, the volume level on my delay pedal was kind of below 50%. So if it's, if it's at 50%, it's going to be just balanced with the line from the rest of your, your effects chain. So, you know, if it's like loud, then it's going to be loud if it's at 50%. If it's more than 50%, it's going to be even louder. And if it's less, it's going to be quieter. Um, just imagine a knob that's pointing at 12 o'clock. And if it's to the right of that, if it's over at 2 o'clock, it's going to be slightly louder. Um, and, and in my instance, in this case, for whatever reason, um, maybe from the night before or maybe just from, from getting it set up, you know, maybe a cable bumped it. Cause I, I, I try to kind of leave my knobs where they are once, once they sound right. But this knob was pointing more towards like 10 o'clock than high noon. So my guitar level was actually quieter because I had this effect on. So when I kicked the effect off, the guitar volume increased dramatically. And I did it sort of in the middle of a phrase, singing, singing a lyric and strumming the guitar, and it was just like, you know, like, to me, that's kind of how it felt, this drastic change, but, uh, Lauren, my wife, she was like, yeah, you know, no one, no one really noticed, no one cares about that, she was like, it was fine, it was fine, don't worry about it, you recovered fine, but it was kind of one of those things that I, I had to get over that hurdle, and then the guitar sounded right, it was nice and loud again, and I was like, oh, okay, sweet, 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 so, and I actually went so far as to apologize to the sound man during one of my songs because I was like, hey, I accidentally left this effect on. <laughs> and that was probably overkill. I probably drew too much attention to it. But um, in a nice way, I kind of just owned it and looked at it as a hurdle that I had to hop over. And then the show, you know, then I was able to get comfortable and really put on as good of a show as I could, considering my cold. Excuses, excuses. Come on, man. Um, no, I'm, I'm, a little bit, I'm a little bit anxious about my throat, my sore throat, um, or, or was on Wednesday and Thursday, especially in light of the fact that I had my tonsils removed a few summers ago. So I'm not kind of used to what it feels like back there yet when I, when I get sore throats. And it was probably one of those situations where had I had my tonsils, I would have been way, way more sick. So um, I'm, I'm grateful that I had the surgery and I'm grateful that I got through the gigs um, as, uh, as well as I could. Um, the voice held up as well as it could. Um, people at the listening room were super nice. Okay, so after me was a guy 
um, who described his performance as a mixture of um, meditation and music. And he made it all up on the fly. And it was one of the most incredible and awkward things that I've ever sat through in my musical journey. And I think the guy's heart is in the right place. Um, some of my, uh, some of the folks that came out to see me, uh, we were hanging out after the show and we could, we couldn't stop talking about his performance because it was so zany. And, um, he was playing piano and making up, um, stuff as he went. Maybe I'll be a little inspired by him right now and try to try to like mimic some of what was happening there. Hold on. Let me, um, I'm sitting at the, at the piano. Let me just crank this volume and so this is can we hear that he would just kind of get just kind of get a little two chord groove and then he would try to be like you know like the lights are on I'm on the stage and I'm kind of like his, his piano talent I wish he was better at piano because I think it would have really helped him pull it off when he told me his concept in my head I automatically assumed that he was some classically trained musician that knew what they were doing like a jazz musician or a classical musician but he, he kind of he kind of just stumbled all over the piano and was making stuff up. Like, um, and he was trying to like be in the moment. And he was just like, guys, there's this great, he was like, uh, one of the, one of the jams was like, um, I don't know. Energy, energy. We are all energy. It's you and me. That's we, we're energy, you know, and stuff like this, just like hippy dippy zany, like, Oh my God. It was so, so bizarre. Um, you should go watch it on the video. Um, and check it out for yourself. But, uh, he was a nice guy. I, I don't know what his deal is, but some of the folks that we were hanging out with afterwards were like, he's on drugs all the time. I don't know if that's the case though. Hey, Bren, my little one just snuck in here. What's up, sweetie? She wants to watch the show down there. All right, hey, let me wrap up. I'm going to wrap up in five minutes, and then I'll come help you, okay? Here, give me a kiss. Okay, then you can do it. Give me a kiss. Thank you. Oof, stinky. Did you toot? Did I toot? Is that... Jesus. It smells like diarrhea in here all of a sudden. Man, was that, was that me? I don't know. So, this guy... Like some of my friends were like, he was on drugs. And I was like, I don't think so. I think he's just really, really into meditation and was trying to be an example of someone who took a breath, opened their eyes and felt the moment for what it was and let it communicate and flow through him in the most sincere way possible, which unfortunately was an incredibly fucking awkward way. Now, he was able to keep the the crowd engaged when it started becoming funny. 
Um, so I was sitting next to my wife and we're, we're not sure if it's serious or not. And we're watching him and we're like, wait, are we allowed to laugh? So my wife and her friend were trying to stop from laughing. And they were just like, you know, like in church, if you're trying not to laugh, it makes you want to laugh so much more. Like you're crying out of your eyes and your chest is just like convulsing but you can't laugh because you think that you'll you'll be you'll think it's inappropriate and then thank fucking christ he finally worked in something funny into the show and some of it was extremely funny in between songs he would say stuff like well this uh next one is uh well i don't i don't know um we're we're just going to have to find out and then he would start you know <laughs> or he'd be like all right so how are we doing on time and they they were like, oh, you've you've got uh, you've got five more minutes. And he goes, okay, well that'll be long enough for, I I don't know, maybe one or two songs. We'll have to see how long they go. And so some of that stuff was really funny because it was like parroting, or, or not parroting, but like, sort of mocking. The other singer songwriters that went up, you know, I was doing my thing and I was like, hey, this song's about this and blah 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 and, you know, wild love is like if. Uh, the the gentleman in the story uh, wants to uh, isn't sure if he's worthy of of this woman's love and he doesn't know if he's communicating it fully and he wants her to understand his wild love for her and and uh, goes a little something like this you know and then start the song and he was doing it also but from this weird in the moment improv way which was almost like comedic genius like Zach Galifianakis or something. And, and then afterwards, me and, my, me and my wife and her friends were also debating whether or not it was like an intentional act. Like we were like, was he fucking with us? Or was that, was that like, was he trying to be serious? And I don't know. I'd love to uh, follow up with him and figure it out. Um, makes me a little nervous how, how like kind of zany, I, I hesitate to use the word crazy, but he, how crazy he seemed. Makes me a little nervous to let him in too close. But then again, it was one of the fucking coolest, weirdest, authentic, artistic, strange human moments I've ever been a part of. And I don't know. It's it's so funny that it happened. I'm still just speechless and like shocked that we got to see that. I It cracked me up so much. I haven't watched it yet. I watched my own set, but... I was waiting to watch this guy's set again. Um, I'll probably do it with my wife so we can relive the experience. But, um, and you know, again, I, I think I get it. Like, I think he was just trying to be in the moment. Um, before the set, the set, you know, he was explaining his concept to me and I was like, Hey man, that's really cool. Like I'm, I'm a big fan of jam bands and they, of course, have a lot of improv and a lot of trying to be in the moment and just listen and feel the room and and feedback on the energy of the crowd and, and all that kind of stuff. And he was like, yeah, absolutely, man. So I had this vision in my head of what his performance was going to be like. And then it was very, very different, um, but absolutely entertaining. I, I was like, Lauren, I'd have that guy play in between my sets sometime. <laughs> It was really entertaining um, and so off the wall and courageous because he looked like he was nervous. Again, we don't know if that was an act like we might have been seeing like an Andy Kaufman level uh, style comedic put on 
without knowing it. I, I don't know. That's possible. Um, all right. So that was the listening room Phoenix. Um, quick little uh, publishing update. And uh, we started off the podcast from the road. So I'm going to wrap it up now. And uh, everybody be cool out there. Talk to you later. Later.